Welcome to the podcast that puts a finger on the pulse of medicine and technology. On this show, you'll hear from investors, industry executives, and healthcare providers on the science and business of medicine. I'm your host, Omar M. Khatib, and this is the State of MedTech. What's going on, everybody? Good to see you. Happy Monday. I have some great news. So a couple of weeks ago, I recorded a podcast episode for salespeople on how to not waste time. <clears throat> Seemed like kind of a benign episode, you know, just decided to record it and I'd throw it up. Well, lo and behold, um, that episode actually had more downloads than my next uh, uh than my uh, most listened to episode at the time so i've decided that i think a lot of salespeople what they like what i'm hearing is people want these more um tactical uh episodes so i'm gonna do that so this is a podcast recording but i decided why, why not do it while I, while it's live so again um if you're listening to this on the podcast or even if you're listening to this live hey do me a big favor go to the podcast just look up the state of medtech give it five stars leave a review it really helps a lot i'm you know we're climbing the uh charts for for the medicine uh category so end of year we can break the top 10. so um today what's the what's the topic Today's topic, how to get more meetings as a medical sales rep, right? And so let's talk about that. So this is obviously one of the biggest issues that all medical salespeople face, right? How, how do I get more meetings? How do I book more demos, right? Because if you can't talk to the doctor, you can't talk to the surgeon, you're not going to hit quota. It's very simple, right? When it comes to your sales activities, right? If you think about your goals, right, for the quarter, let's say it's $10 million in booked revenue. That's your goal. Your objectives that map to that goal could be, you know, 50, 50 booked meetings, 30 demos, right? The only thing that you really have control of, though, is what you do below your objectives. And what that is, is your daily and weekly activities. If you can't control that, you're not going to hit those objectives and you don't end up hitting that that revenue goal, right? And so salespeople really struggle with this because um, 40 to 50% of your time is spent, what, driving around, waiting, right? And so how do you change that? So let's start off with the first thing, which is really a really stupid message. This is a stupid cold calling prospecting message that every medical sales rep does, whether they're using LinkedIn or they're sending an email or leaving a voicemail on the doctor's uh, office phone or whatever it might be. And that message goes something like this. Hi, Dr. So-and-so, I'd love to come by to introduce myself and learn about your practice, okay? It's the, you know, in every industry, it's just a stupid, terrible way to start a relationship. And I'll explain why, but you know, here's why you should just stop saying this, okay? So I'm gonna tell you why you should stop using that and I'm gonna give you a much more effective way of booking meetings. And again, I don't make recommendations uh, unless I've done it myself. This is what I did throughout my entire career and why I was always able to book meetings uh, myself. So first, let's start off with a very simple sales philosophy. Again, I have to give credit to where credit's due, the great uh, and powerful, uh, my uh, good friend, Jim Surik 
who's VP of sales at Boston Scientific, VP of sales at Medtronic, many other places. He's had four merger and acquisition events in his career in medtech, right? Just had his last one, right? Um, and so he he knows he knows this, he knows the game, and he, his his uh, sales philosophy is that medical sales is a process; it's not an event. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, what what med reps get wrong, okay, is that they 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 don't trade something of value to turn uh, to turn control in in turn to control the process, right? So. For example, when trying to schedule an appointment, they'll say some combo of, hey, I'd like to come by to learn about your practice. Uh, I'd like to introduce myself, tell you more about our technology, right? Does this work? Of course it does. Yeah, this does work. Otherwise, reps wouldn't keep doing it. But here's why it actually fails more than often, because that's the thing. If you don't measure something, it'll never be managed. It'll never improve, right? The great Peter Drucker, management consultant, said that, right? And I agree with it. So when you have a shitty process and that's all you do, you have nothing to compare it to. So in reality, most med reps think, oh, like that's, that's par for the course. I'm doing pretty good. But if you compare that to, for example, a more effective way of doing this in booking meetings, you realize how stupid and lousy this approach is, right? And I really say stupid and lousy because A, I'm frustrated for medical reps because their companies have not trained them out of this. But also, I'll be quite frank, medical salespeople have to be better at looking at what they do, looking at their own processes, not waiting for the company to do it and saying, is this the right way to do it? Can I do, is there a better way to do it? If there's one thing that I can encourage every single medical salesperson, especially if you're a young medical salesperson, you're getting started in this industry, this one little piece of advice will change your career if, it, if you let it. Develop a very aggressive sense of curiosity. Question everything. Your company walks you through a sales process. You should be looking at that sales process and saying, if my family right, would be put out on the street at the end of the quarter, if I don't hit my quota, can I trust this process, right? Then you're gonna start going to work and finding a better way to do it, okay? So here, here's why this process sucks, right? The whole, oh, let me come by your office, let me get some advice from you, know, from you. Let, me get, uh, let me tell you about our technology, let me introduce myself, okay? The value proposition for the appointment, okay? It's garbage, it's terrible, okay? Why? Let me tell you, okay? So let's, you know, one thing that you have to understand about sales is that the more you're able to put yourself in a position of empathy, right? Oh, there's that word, right? All salespeople. I'm sure a lot of salespeople just rolled their eyes at that, right? But I'll tell you what, because you don't know how to empathize, it's also the reason why you suck at selling, right? If you listen to the greats of, uh, of sales, Zig Ziglar, right? Jim Rohn, uh, um, you know, I, I can go on, right? Um, sales, a big part of sales is helping somebody solve a problem, right? And again, most salespeople listening to this, their eyes rolled and probably popped out of their heads, right? Yeah, I get it. When I hear this stuff, I roll my eyes too. But but here's here's the thing though, okay? The value proposition for I want to come by and introduce myself and learn about your practice is terrible for these reasons. So let's look at the point of view from the surgeon, okay? And for, for clarity, I have polled and survey surgeons on this. And I also, you know, spent time in medical school and my father's a surgeon. So I remember seeing this even in his own practice, okay? The doctor is busy, 
right? And especially these days, they're, they're spread extremely thin, seeing as many patients as they can, right? If they're not a surgeon, you know, their primary care trying to hit RVUs. And if you don't know what an RVU is, I don't know what the hell you're doing in this industry. You need to know what these things are, right? If you want to be able to help your customers, even if it's unrelated to what you do, you got to know like their language. So if you don't know what an RVU is, go ahead and look it up. That's okay if you don't know it, right? Or if they're not seeing patients, they're literally getting mentally prepared in between surgeries, okay? I don't know if you've ever scrubbed into a surgery or even had had that level of, of stress put on you, but it's not just like, you know, oh, it's in between cases, right? They're, they're, they're trying to focus, right? So with the very little time that they have, what's the value proposition for the meeting you just gave them? They get the great honor of meeting the medical sales rep who promises to do the following talk about themselves, right? Talk about their business, maybe using some crappy slide deck. It's gonna have some pictures of management, some logos of their customers, maybe some 3D videos of the technology, right? Um, make the physician work, right? By answering questions about their clinical practice that were literally the exact same questions that every other salesperson has asked them in every past meeting that they've agreed to. Oh, what? tell me about your practice. What kind of uh, procedures do you like? What's your bread and butter procedure? Like, it's a waste of time. It is a, it's a freaking waste of time. So ask yourself, you gotta ask yourself this, what value, what value can you trade for their time, okay? If there's one thing that I constantly harp on, and I tell people, if you want to persuade, you have to be able to get attention, right? And if you want people to pay attention, right? They're paying attention, right? They're going to pay with their time. And that's the only way that they're going to pay with dollars later on, whether it's their own dollars, right? If you're selling uh, SMB small business uh, uh, um, solutions or paying with somebody else's budget, right? So. Here are some examples of what I've used. Literally, these are exact examples I've used in the past uh, with different companies where I was able to book a lot of demos, right? And keep in mind, I carried the bag, I was in sales, but the majority of my career was actually in marketing, but I worked in startups where I had to go into a hybrid role and do sales. And of course, and I'm sorry, I hate to say this, I would mop the floor with a lot of the salespeople. It's not because I'm, I'm a sales guru, I'm not like this amazing salesperson, it's because I just asked some common sense questions and came to a conclusion that was pretty reasonable, which is, oh, I'm not providing enough value for this meeting to happen, right? Even though it's an introductory meeting, right? So here's some, here's some better, better ways to position asking for that first meeting. Hey, do, uh, Dr. Smith, I'd like to meet with you to share the, let's say a disease that your technology focuses on, the rates of that disease, right, for your hospital. And I wanna show how it compares to others and maybe some, some ways to improve it, okay? So I use this when I was at Petraro Medical, right? We were focused on acute kidney injury. I was able, you know, I did some research. I'm like, oh, I can find the acute kidney injury rates uh, for all the hospitals in the United States using uh, the American Hospital Directory. So I would literally look up their hospital, find their acute kidney injury rate, find the average, then show you know other hospitals and be like, you know, here's what the other hospitals in your area um, have, right? That's enough for them to meet because they don't know these things. So it's like, oh, we have a problem here, but there's a way to solve it. And again, you have to be very careful how you finesse this thing. You cannot tell somebody they're doing a shitty job 
and expect them to be nice to you. You have to come in, again, from a point of view of empathy and from a point of view of, hey, like, um, I found some information I would like to just share with you and, and propose a way to solve it, right? Okay, here's a second one, all right? At, this is at a software company that I worked at. This is at Gentem. okay? They did revenue cycle management. I said, hey, I'd like to meet with you and your staff and provide an analysis for your practices revenue to identify areas that you could be losing revenue, right? So I'm providing a free analysis. I'm going to teach them something, right? Okay, so you can think of many other ways, right, to, to, to provide some kind of value, right? If your company can't do this, get creative as a salesperson. Find a way to bake in value yourself, right? So another great example, okay, um, at, at companies that, you know, again, I couldn't do an analysis, I didn't have access to those things. Some other things is that I would go and read some of their past publications, check if they're speaking at any upcoming co conference, and then ask them to meet and share uh, share how they can promote their uh, talk pre and post conference on LinkedIn, right? So when I was a young uh, manager, I didn't, I couldn't create any, any analysis and everything. So then what I decided to do was I would get better at, let's say social media, right? And I said, Hey, doctor, I know you're, you're speaking at this upcoming conference. Um, I'd really, really like to, um, uh, provide, you know, to provide some guidance on this, right? Let me show you how you can promote your talk before and after the conference, right? Okay. So whatever you do though, just ask yourself this, if they're going to pay attention and pay with their time, is my value prop for the meeting worth it, right? Um, and, and even today, and, and you know, I see some people dropping some, some messages in the chat, even today, and I'm looking at my, uh, my, my uh, very beautiful, uh, almost four month old son, my wife brought him in, he's gonna hang out with us, even look, even my four month old son, he can't even talk and he's laughing because he knows how ridiculous it is. Can you believe this? People actually go to doctor's offices and they say, can I meet with you and learn about your practice, right? Look, let me give you a great example. Let's take medicine out of this. For my own business, what do I do? So I help med tech companies drive sales, uh, grow sales and drive product adoption using social media. I have a program called the Medical Sales Network Effects Program. How do I get people to spend a lot of money to join that program? And it's expensive because we get results. How do I do that? Do I tell people, hey, I wanna, I wanna meet with you, salesperson, and I wanna learn about your day? No. Do I say, hey, salesperson, here's, here's my calendar uh, link, book time with me so I could tell you about my program and how great it is? No. Everyone who's joined my program, which uh, we're getting close to over 100 members now, um, went through the same process. They went and watched one of my webinars. They learned, you know, I gave them value for free. I gave them free strategies. Then to book a meeting with me, the meeting was framed around value. The value was, hey, book time with me. I'm going to give you a free LinkedIn consult. And every single time when I get on these calls, I've actually extended them. These used to be 15, 20 minute calls. I now book it out for 45 minutes because I literally spend 80 to 90% of the meeting literally consulting with the salesperson, whether they're trying to change jobs, change their careers, um, hit quota. And I, I look at their LinkedIn. I look at what they're doing. Sometimes I even look at their emails. I'm like, hey, here's what I would consider doing do X, Y, Z. Here's what you should do here. Here's what you, I literally spent the whole time providing value. And then at the end of the call, that's when I say, Hey, would you be interested to learn more about 
my program. And then I tell them a little about the program and then I sell them and close them there. Guess what my closing percentage is? My closing percentage is over 50%, five zero on a very high ticket item. The only reason why I don't close is for price, which I'm working on. I know, yeah, I see my son's laughing about that. The, the, he's, he's really the boss here, right? But my point behind all of this is that as a medical salesperson, you have to find ways to think critically and creatively to say, am I providing enough value? So ask yourself, one, am I, book, am I getting enough uh, meetings booked? Okay. And if the answer is no, then say, well, what's the value prop to that meeting? Okay. And then when you get to those meetings, look at your conversion rate. Your convert, a good conversion rate, in my opinion, to a next step in the process, over 40%. Like that's a good conversion rate. Okay. So if you're trying to close a sale, you, you get over 30, 40% conversion rate. That's awesome. But if you're not selling something that's less than, let's say, $20,000 and, and you're doing capital sales, you know, and obviously in medical sales, it takes longer, your conversion to next step has to be over 80% in my opinion. If it's not over 80%, you're doing something wrong. You're targeting the wrong people. You're not putting enough thought into it. So let's look into uh, some of the questions and comments I have here. Um, so Frank Dolan, Frank says, uh, Frank says, Hey, Omar, uh, I agree with you about coming in and solving a problem. I know on the pharma side of things, the primary motivation for stopping by the physician's office is to achieve the rep's objective of making a certain number of sales calls per day, but not having complete and total clarity or seek out the problems that they have the ability to solve for. Yeah, I absolutely agree. By the way, if you want to learn more about the biopharma space, highly recommend you follow Frank Dolan. He puts on amazing events and a, puts out a lot of great content. If you're interested in biotech and pharma, he's been in that space. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So again, some of these metrics are wrong, right? Again, as a company, if the metrics are aligned with the wrong incentives, you're gonna get this kind of behavior, right? So again, for a lot of salespeople, and I think Johnson Johnson came up with this number, which is if you have seven touch points with a physician, right, they move forward in a sales process. The problem is those seven touch points could be negative. They could be negative impressions. I can go to a physician's office seven different times. I can call them, show up, everything. I hit those seven touch points. I've pissed them off in the process, right? Remember what I always say, medical sales, sales in general, sales is a process, it's not an event, right? Um, now, what I love is that when I do this live show, physicians actually are interested in this stuff. So here we are, we have a physician. This is Ketan Patel, MD. So, um, so this is again, this is a doctor who's saying this, um, Kitan, uh, Dr. Patel says he, uh, I agree, Frank, until a rep is a friend to the practice, it is purely transactional. Sounds harsh, but it is the reality of all of, uh, of, uh, uh it, is, it is the reality of all of us, uh, time starved professionals. Don't take my word for it. He said it right there. I I've said it earlier. They are time starved, right? Help me care for my patients mostly with my day-to-day -day work burden, even in some small and measurable way, and I'll help you by listening and supporting you and your company with your mission. Completely agree. Dr. Patel, thank you so much. I hope you follow and subscribe to the show, right? And, and, and that's, that's, that's the key here, right? As a salesperson, you have to focus on solving problems. Now, I know what some people in regulatory and legal are gonna say. Oh, it's not the salesperson's responsibility, Omar, to talk about things outside of the product. They're not allowed to do that. Yes, you're right. But guess what, sale? Guess what? 
I know for a fact that most salespeople, especially at the big companies, when a new publication comes out or something comes out where they ask legal or marketing or somebody, hey, can I please post this? Can I show this? And they're like, no, you can't. They're going to go and do it anyway. They, medical salespeople are very industrious people. They'll either share it through their personal email. They'll find a way to do it. So as a salesperson, again, ask yourself, perfect example. Um, if you have a doctor, so let's look at Dr. Patel's uh, point, being very, very time constrained, time starved, right? Well, maybe, I know, if you guys can't hear him, that's, that's my son. I'm going to bring him up. I'll bring him up in the podcast. I'll bring him up in the stream. Here we go. All right. There we go. Look at that. Okay. You have to ask yourself, how do I help this physician? So if you go to the practice and you see like, oh my God, it's a mess here. There's, there's, you know, they're, they're just extremely busy. Maybe you find some, uh, some articles, maybe some frameworks and, and send it to the office manager and say, Hey, you know, I noticed that, um, you know, it was really busy in the office and everything. I did some research. There's actually this really good framework or workflow that I found from one company on improving, uh, your workflow for patient billing, for example, right? You know, maybe you talk to the doctor, uh, maybe the doctor is posting a lot on LinkedIn, right? And you send a message to the doctor and say, hey, and I've done this before. It's not very hard to do. Hey, doctor, I noticed that you posted uh, your case on LinkedIn. Um, use these hashtags and it's going to increase your, your reach. I went ahead and did the analysis. I found the best hashtags, right? And you just go and do look up the hashtags. If they're in orthopedic surgery, go look up orthopedic surgery hashtags, right? And and find them, okay? Right? Right, Berkhan? Isn't that what they should do? Barakhan agrees. That's exactly what you should do. All right. He really enjoyed that. He might be coming back on camera in the future. So let's let's take a look at some of the uh, other other comments here. Uh, hey, my friend Jathika Powell, JP. She's got a comment. Let's see what the comment is. Uh, JP says, I agree with sales team bringing value above and beyond selling the product. I have heard healthcare compliance departments at companies complain that said behavior is not safe and efficacious use of products and hence is out of compliance. Ridiculous. They need to learn to, uh, to modernize sales and creating value. Yeah, I totally agree. And by the way, let me, let me, let me give everybody a little bit of a hint. Okay. When you hire a consultant, right, to consult your company, they're going to find problems. When you hire a lawyer to look at a contract or to look at anything, they're going to find legal problems. For the man or woman with a hammer, everything is a nail. So when it comes to compliance, everything's going to be out of compliance. It's very rare that compliance and regulatory is going to come back and be like, oh yeah, this is totally okay. They're going to find something. So salespeople need to just go around that. And again, I'm not telling you to come up with off-label uses for your products. This has nothing to do with your products. You have to think about the value of the meeting you're setting, which is why, I mean, look, as a salesperson, this is the most important concept you can, you can learn. The, the reason for the meeting happening, when you book a meeting with a doctor, okay, the reason for that meeting, okay, is your technology. The reason that they're meeting you in part is, yeah, maybe they're interested in technology, but it's really you, okay? So you, as a salesperson, you're a product, right? So how do you productize yourself, right? Um, Todd Zog actually wrote a great book called The uh, uh, Warrior Sales Monk. It's a fantastic book. It's got a lot of like meditations on being a warrior sales monk. And one of the, one of the, uh, um, 
uh, uh, meditations in there is become the product, which is as a salesperson, how do you make yourself so valuable that the customer wants to meet with you? And I know a lot of people are gonna say, oh, that's hard to do. Yeah, it is hard to do. But let me tell you my, something, uh, boys and girls. See, even Barakhan's laughing at this. There is no money in easy things. So you have to learn how to do these things. You know, one of the things that uh, people that are going through my program are learning how to do, right? And again, you don't have to go through my program to learn this. Find ways to curate content, post it on LinkedIn, connect with your customers, be a source of value and education. And the interesting thing about the human mind is that it does not know how to separate these things, right? And so if you curate a bunch of content, it doesn't matter if it's coming from the Harvard Business Review, MIT, the New England Journal of Medicine, when a doctor is consuming that content from your page, you are the one bringing the value. That's what sticks in their head, right? So I hope uh, I hope that was uh, helpful. I'm gonna do more of these. So this will be going up on the podcast very, uh, very shortly. And uh, again, if you subscribe to the podcast, look, go go check the podcast out, The State of MedTech, right? You can check it on Apple, Spotify, Google, we're everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast, do me a favor. If this was helpful, hey, give it five stars, write a review. On Apple, scroll to the bottom, five stars, write a review. On Spotify, you just give it five stars. You don't, you know, there's no, uh, you don't have to write a review, but help us out. We're climbing the charts. It's amazing how fast we're climbing those charts. We're gonna break the top 10 uh, by the end of the year for, for podcasts and medicine. So, oh, let's see, JP says, I think marketing could help sales uh, be a source of value in education. I've created practice assets to help doctors in their practices, which my sales reps use to bring value. Yeah, absolutely. JP, that's exactly what marketing should be doing. However, the problem with most marketers in this industry which I get a lot of flack for, is that they don't do real marketing. What most marketers in this industry want to do is they want to do product management. They want to analyze markets. They want to find some, some new application for the product. They want to discover a new vertical. That's fine. That's fine. That's not marketing in my mind. Marketing is the creation and molding of markets and more specifically, a driver of revenue. Marketing is sales at scale. And so as a marketer, you need to know how to sell which means you have to be able to think, if I was in a sales rep's shoes, what do they need, right? This is why most, most marketing assets don't do well because they wait for the sales team to come back and like, oh, I really need this, I really need that. Marketing goes and creates these worthless brochures, right? Versus, versus thinking, how do we make this uh, demo more valuable? Look, I'll give you another example, and I don't really market this that often, um, but in my last company, I did this and actually I do this now for companies that I advise with. So actually, if you're interested in learning how to do this, shoot me a message, turn your demo into a CME, a CME, a, like a CME eligible event. Okay. I'm partnered with a great company called CMFI, right? And so I did this at my last company and now I'm doing it for just different companies I advise now. Um, we look at, I look at a demo and I say, okay, how do I turn this demo into an educational thing? So for example, in my last company, we did medical billing and revenue cycle management. Instead of doing a demo, we did an analysis, taught them about medical billing, revenue cycle management. We taught them about the problem. When you name the problem, you frame the problem, you own and claim the problem, you own the solution, right? So then the physician's able to unlock a CME, AMA, PRA category one credit from that, right, Barakon? And 
and and and claim a semi credit and then it's an educational event right here's the other thing okay here's here's multi million dollar advice for my marketers out there okay uh, and salespeople specifically okay i want you to think let me let me tell you about what happened to me how i was upsold right so, you know when an upsell means like once you buy in you you buy more right when you're in an educational environment you're more willing and more open to buying stuff. What does that mean? If you're in a sales environment, I'm trying to sell you on something, your guard is gonna be up. But in an educational environment, not so much. So for example, right, when somebody gets accepted to graduate school, right, the moment they're in graduate school, they spend all this money, they gotta buy these books, they gotta buy this, they gotta buy that, all these things in the university, and they just say, oh yeah, okay, I need these things, I need to buy them. Right? Because they're in an educational environment. So again, same thing in sales. Right? If you put your surgeon or the prospective uh, doctor you're trying to talk to in a sales environment, meaning, hey, I'm going to show up. I'm going to pretend to give a shit about your business. I'm going to ask you these questions that every other medical sales rep has asked, which, by the way, a lot of time you can just figure that out by reading their last three publications and going to their freaking practice website and just looking at the procedures they do. Right. So you don't have to waste their time, right? That's a sales environment. But if it's an educational environment, hey doctor, I would love to meet with you because I did an analysis on your practice. I did an analysis on your cases. I did, I did something, I have something to show you that'll help the problem that you're working on potentially improve. Oh, and by the way, while we're meeting, I would love to show you the company that I work for and the product we have and just get your advice and feedback on it. I, I, I learned that actually from, from, from the SaaS world. I remember a few years ago, a SaaS salesperson sent me a message and their message was, Hey, Omar, uh, hope you're well. I did an analysis on your, uh, one of your campaigns. I kind of want to show you what I found, but also, um, I work for this company. This, we have this software tool. I'd love for you to look at it. Just give me, give me your thoughts and feedback. It's not a sales call anymore. My friends, that's a educational event. I'm, I'm showing up to learn right? And also to give feedback. People love to give feedback. So especially physicians and surgeons, you know how often they're asked for their opinion? Rarely, believe it or not. All right. So I hope that has been helpful. Um, take this advice. Just take, take this advice. This is all free advice. I went through hell to figure this stuff out. You don't have to. You can just take this advice for free. Get your conversions changed. So if you take this advice and act on it, please do me a big favor. Send me a message. Let me know how it worked for you. If you have a great story, hey, I probably might highlight it. Okay. Have a great evening. And don't forget, subscribe to the State of MedTech. Give us five stars and write a nice review. For those people who write great reviews, I actually do read them out uh, on, uh, on my live shows. All right, everybody. Take care and have a good evening. Bearcon says bye as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of The State of MedTech. I'm your host, Omar M. Khatib. Do us a favor. If you like this episode, share with somebody and go ahead on Apple and Spotify, wherever you are, leave a five-star review. Type a few nice notes about us. This is how we get other people to find the show. Thank you. and We'll see you next time. 